guys and welcome back to another episode of talk about it sis i think i want to say this is episode six um, i feel the same yeah yeah so wow time is flying and it's a lot different doing episodes every two weeks but it also feels pretty manageable i, yeah. I agree i agree yeah. and it helps us like with how life be life in because i feel like this last quarter been kicking my butt bro yeah same like yeesh yeah the so end of tw- i think 2022 in general I mean, next week, I think we're going to do 2022 reflections, but in general, 2022 was one of the hardest years I've experienced and I am over it. So I'm ready for some new energy in 2023. (laughs) God God called me to be his soldier today and I said, I'm not ready for that. No, I don't have any any more energy to be anybody's soldier, anybody's nothing. So I'm really excited this year. Like, I'm going to stay home and spend Christmas alone because I'm tired. I don't want to be around people. I just want to relax. <laughs> but that's a good thing for you, though, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to be opposite in that regard. But, like, I feel like you get charged up from, like, from like going into your show and, like. Yes, I do. Like, being yeah. around people for me for extended periods of time. Like, of course, I love my girls. We go out. We have fun. Yeah. But I, I was just in Vegas for two weeks, so I'm exhausted. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm Shoot. a, I'm a hermit type person. I need to be alone to recharge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you in Vegas, me at Basel, Miami. Me. Yeah, life be lifing. Um, but yeah, I wanted to come on uh, today, and something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is grief, mm, yeah. and just the different forms of grief. This topic came up essentially because uh, my best friend from high school passed away um, recently, and um that was very shocking it was sudden sudden and i don't think that i've ever lost someone who was as close to me in in my life i think so i mean we're, we weren't as close in adulthood but we always kept in touch you know it's like one of those friends where y'all yeah. always gonna be cool because that's like that was my ace we lived together like just... it's not about how often y'all get connected but you all had yeah. like a very deep connection on a different level yeah yeah so that so that was that was and is still a a thing and grief that I'm processing, which is very new for me. So it's interesting because the death of my friend, you know how you like kind of like coast through life and don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I have a habit of kind of just like being an autopilot, um, you know, like living my life so that I'm not really always processing my emotions in the moment, which I don't think is a problem. I think, you know, people process emotions in their own time, but um, my sister was in a coma uh this summer and was in the hospital for several months actually probably nobody knows because i haven't talked about this yet um and i talked about my sister uh, i talked to my sister about sharing this um so anyways my sister was in a coma for the summer a lot of the summer and was in the hospital for several several months she actually died and was brought back to life um was gone for 12 minutes before the ems was able to revive her and then she was in a coma and i was there throughout that whole experience um and now she's in rehab for her brain um just kind of like trying to get her old life back so i think because i you know i spent three months in vegas and then i came back and so it's easy to kind of like distance yourself from what's happening because you're not present but I think the death of my friend brought all those emotions back up and then I just recently went to Vegas so it's been a lot and I just didn't think it would be authentic to to come on to the podcast and not talk about what's actually going on in my life I'm not about to get 
on here and talk about, hey, that's the holiday season. You know? Right. Like, uh, uh, out here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, but I know that you said you can also relate in a lot of ways. So if you want to talk about that. You know, it's so crazy to me um, because when you just explained like how you arrived here, mm-hmm. I it brought back a, just it brought back a summary of my experiences with death. Um, and it reminded me of that. Like for me, I lost my mom at a really young age. I was 10 um, and I lost several family members in a span of two and a half years. I lost about seven mm-hmm so yikes yeah and so and so I I as a child went through those experiences I lost my grandmother I mean I'm sorry I lost my grandfather my mom my uncle which was her brother within Mm -hmm. the same year and then I lost my great-grandmother a great aunt that I was very close to and like a cousin or something and it was all like in a cluster and so as a kid community is so important when those things like tragedy happens because as a your your brain's still developing you're still trying to understand like what the meaning of life is and trying to like you know process the thing and so I think that com- I leaned into that community space where I wasn't really processing it the way I thought I should have um yeah. mind you, you process that I, as a kid you you don't and so and <laughs> yeah. so I put it and so I stuck it in my pocket and I rolled with it and through my 20s it was a boom mm-hmm. um and what do you so, mean? and how would I explain it? I began to have life experiences, like arrive to have accomplishments in life, and yeah. that makes you think of people that you're close to and loved ones, and and then it makes you think of um, them not being there or them not really being able to talk to you in those spaces or those hard times. So through college, you know the normal stuff where you're dealing with things, um, mm-hmm. hard tests, or even like dealing with hard friends or understanding and navigating friendships. And in those parts, I would think of like, what would my mom say? And I wouldn't have any words. And so between college and then fast forwarding to 2020 for me, there was another boom of a large chunk of my family went away from here. And I said, is this 20 years? Like, what is this? And so as an adult, I had to, I had a real experience of like, okay, I have adult, I'm in, I'm in, I'm living this life as an adult processing this as an adult whoa like there are some things that I was just like oh other things like work and other present relationships that are being impacted because I am processing this stuff in real time again yeah well it's a lot well my go ahead I have a question in general yeah go ahead I, I, I don't think that all losses are made the same no um so I feel like you've never really talked about this, about losing your mom and what it means to like grow up without one. And do you have to, do you revisit that grief? Do you remember what that grief was like? And like you said, when you have major events currently. I visit that grief more presently now because I'm taking care of my grandmother who was a mom to me. And so my grandmother is 92. She just um, celebrated a birthday a couple months ago. And she she raised you. She raised me. Um, and she was a straight shooter, very on top of things, but she's, she's suffering from dementia right now. And so that part of grief is you're mourning someone as they're in front of you because they are becoming less and less of the person that you remember them to be. And so my mother figures on one end, life was short for them and, and me not getting to know them. And on the other end, I knew so much about my grandmother, learned so much about her. And now I am sending her over to the other side. If that makes yeah. sense. 
And so no, that that's right tough. there is brain explosion. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> like, how am and I, I still here? And I'm okay? When, am I? When we, when we talked about it, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, well, that's similar to what's going on with my sister, but I don't think that it is. So I feel like you're grieving knowing that, you know, your grandmother is going to pass one day. Um, and what you're describing, correct me if I'm wrong, is like kind of like watching that process happen. And I think it's different than what's going on with me grieving my sister is that my sister is still here, right? She's not going anywhere, but I'm grieving the old version of her that I've known my entire life. Does mm. that make sense? D- it makes sense. And I have a follow up question. Yeah. In your conversations with her, whatever, and if this has come up, mm-hmm. you said something specifically about I'm mourning the person that she was. Is that because mm-hmm. she is a new person or you look at her differently through the experience that you all had together in, in going through that traumatic experience? No, she's definitely different. Like her, the way her brain processes information. In the literal yeah. sense. In the literal sense. Yeah. She has an anoxic brain injury. Um so she that is mean? different. That means her brain was out without, you know how people have traumatic brain injuries. Like if you get hit over the head or you get into a car accident, you hurt your head. And an anoxic yeah. brain injury is when your brain is without oxygen for, oxygen for an extended period of time. So, so she doesn't know her old self. She does. So honestly, it's been, her recovery has been pretty miraculous. Um, like the doctors in the hospital at the time were telling us that we don't even know if she's going to make it. Like she was very close mm. to dying. Like we, like they told us, like, say your goodbyes type, like very traumatic. That's traumatic. Um, yeah. And she made it out on the other side and they were like, we don't know if she's going to walk again. She's walking. She, we were at, uh, you know, we were over there and we were going to the gym together. Um, you know, she could still, she, she still has a personality, you know, but she is not who she was. Right. And like the healing from that type of injury is a process and you don't really know what the end is right there's mm-hmm. no way to predict or know like okay i don't think she's ever going to be who she was mm-hmm. she's a lot calmer now just she still has the same humor so there's like obviously a huge part of her that is still who she is but there's also this other part of her that's having to relearn her entire life it's like a toddler like mm. you have to relearn everything she came from not being able to walk at all like not even able to get out of bed not able to use her hands like yeah so i mean a great comparison yeah. dementia will once an adult twice a child yeah and so yeah. when you bring up that toddler reference i call my grandma my child yeah because she's reached that point it's not the same we are on a parallel track where you're learning to be okay with this idea of learning who she is and who she will be becoming mm-hmm. and me it's unlearning who she was and embracing this new stage of life that she's in. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. And it's so interesting because you were her caregiver, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're both caregivers. Um, yeah. And so we've had such, it's such an interesting, and, and I'm so happy that we got to talk about this in this way because I'm just like, uh, this needs to be talked about. Like yeah. the, the, the idea of the effects of the people that we care for and how they affect us and how we're able yeah. to like navigate life yeah. outside of that. Cause we have our own lives. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's for sure hard. My mom is her main caregiver now. And it's obviously, you know, a struggle for my mom, you know, not only is she grieving as well, but you know, just like my sister is dealing with her own mental health struggles and her mm-hmm. own things that she's going through. You know, she died, she came back to life. She's having to relearn everything in her life. That's incredibly hard. So like, mm-hmm. let me not be, 
remiss in saying like she is it's hardest for her right (laughs) like this is her struggle is the centerpiece here like my struggle is just a side part of what she's going through right like yes we're all having our own um experiences with what happened but she obviously has it the worst Mm -hmm. um the positive is that there's so much progress to be made for her still and she's made so much progress right Mm, so we don't know what the future looks like but i believe it's bright I believe God saved her life for a reason. I was yes. on the, I was in that hospital room praying on my knees, asking God, come on, Jesus, if you said who you say you are, what's going on? Show me what's up. Um, yeah. And <laughs> and so I believe that he has a plan for her. She loves God. She's always loved God. Um, and that's kind of what has been getting me through this season. But I have a tendency to like self-isolate when I'm going through stuff. So, you know, I haven't really wanted to be around people. I've been wanting to just sit in my house and chill. I don't want to mm-hmm. talk on the phone. No, like, I just want to be alone, which is not always healthy. So I'm trying to find a balance between, okay, Maya, like, yes, you can absolutely take the time to yourself to go through it on your own, but, like, also let people support you. So mm-hmm. And not always say I'm fine. Yeah. No, I'm definitely not fine. I'm better than I was doing last week. <laughs> right? That's my goalpost. <laughs> Look, small steps. That's important. That's important. That's an important thing to point out that like, even if it's yesterday, today was better than yesterday's progress. And and that if tomorrow isn't as good as today is, it's okay. And that as long as we're continuing to like work towards something, that's the biggest part because we can get swallowed up. Yeah, exactly. In our own thoughts. Yeah, it's that and grieving for my friend and grieving for my friend's family because I know them very well. And like Mm -hmm. having almost lost a sister and knowing, oh, damn, like that's what that felt like. And had I I told God, I had a conversation with God like, yo, Lord, if you take my sister, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just being 100% positive with like 100% um, not positive. (laughs) 100% honest. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to let you know. Um, so to now see this family that was very close to me growing up dealing with that, I just, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. I haven't, I, I haven't lost like a friend, Mm -hmm. like a really good friend yet. I haven't had that experience yet. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm wondering how, like what is helping you navigate that space. Like what is talking about it, creating a safe space and environment for people who are closest to you to like be there. Um, and even you being there for your friend's family, but like, um, what's going on? You know? I don't really know. I, I, I don't know, girl. I think okay. this is not something like I've navigated before. So some days feel fine. And then some days the uh, reality of that happening hits me like a ton of bricks. And I'm mm. like, what the hell? Um, Are you just letting things happen as they come? Yeah. Like I'm That's not judging myself for where I am. If I need to lay in the bed all day because today sucks, I'm fine with that. I'm, I, I'm not the type of person who judges myself for where I'm at. Like I accept it. And this is what, mm-hmm. this is what it is right now. Yeah. And maybe in three months, it won't be this way, but. And maybe you're going to hit a point in month four where things come crashing down again. And yeah. And like, I will also embrace the good days that I have, you know, mm-hmm. like I had some good days when I was in Vegas, um, you know, so just not where, wherever I find myself, like, I thought it was super weird and this may be, you know, a little uh, off topic, but it made me think about, you know, takeoff being killed and how people were judging offset for going out 
and seeing him smile. And I'm like, you don't know what people are going through, right? <laughs> let people grieve. Like, let people, if they need a smile that day, let them smile. That might be the only smile they have for the next three months. You know yeah, what I'm We got to humanize yeah. grief. Yeah. And, not, and yeah. not think that our own views of it is, it's not one look. Like you said, it's not one feel. Yeah. And I also think that there's kind of like a stigma around grief that people just expect you to kind of get over it because it makes them uncomfortable. Like, you know, if you come to people reality is like yeah people in the beginning listen to you and but like what six months down the line they're like okay can you just get over it that's the vibe is the reality because people expect you to just move on right but like, those just not your people no it's not i'm not talking about me in general i mean just oh, the just idea the, that, gotcha. yeah just the, the idea that I, people... yeah the culture around grief and like yeah. How people are just expected to, okay, well, now it's time to just move on. <laughs> and I feel so sad for people that are treated like that because, no, like, for a lot of people, it's a lifelong thing. You know, you maybe learn to accept it, but there will be moments that you're triggered and everything comes back again. That's just life, right? That is literally life. Yeah. Jeez. So I do, you know, I was just, you know, I'm a, like a reader. So I'm always reading forums, anything that I'm going through. I'm like, mm, let me look this up. Let me look about, <laughs> let me look up what other people's experiences are. Right. So that's where I came with that. You know, a lot of people feel that way. And that is mm -hmm. kind of the, like the idea around grief, like hurry up and get over it. And it's so funny. We're, we're similar in that way. Cause I was like, when I lost my aunt, um, back in May of 2020, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm such a, I love serving people. I, I have a heart of service. I have a heart to serve. I love like assisting, helping all of that. And so when I was dealing with that season, she was the first closest in my adult life, like family member of mine in the past. And what did I do? I researched ways, appropriate ways that my friends and family and coworkers could help me when I was, you know, as I'm dealing with the grief of her loss and mourning her loss. And so I sent articles. People were like, how can I help? And I'll just send them the article. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, because because it helped it helped me. Um, the way that I could help them is let me process something I identify with on the internet that says these are great ways that folks can um, rise to the occasion when you don't yeah. even have the space to like say all the things or you say, you know, I this is a part I don't like. I don't like to use the word hate, but I kind of don't like this. Is when people are like, just let me know what you need. Yeah, I mean, because you can't even think about what you need sometimes, right? Yeah. That's in caregiving. That's after you lose somebody. That's as you're dealing with the loss of anything. So mourning anything, a lost job, a loss, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. People quickly use that just to, I feel like they use it to fill space and to say that I did the thing. Yeah. And at the heart of it, some people may not feel that way. But like for me, I'm just like, I'm not going to have the capacity to even process what you're asking me right now. So if you care yeah. enough, boom, here's the thing. And then you can rise to the occasion in whatever way you interpret what I just sent you. If I have the, if I even have the capacity to answer with an article, those are to my people, people, like yeah. my core group. Yeah. And it's also about. just, it's also weird. Cause this has been a weird experience. Like, you know, people reaching out to me to make sure I'm okay in general. Um, and people shaming you for not responding to him. Yeah. Like, come on. You learn a lot. Yeah, I'm just like, you are wild. You know what's so crazy too? I, I I adopt that same mindset to just like communication in general. Like people, I, I think that now that the world is quote unquote becoming more normal or back to normal, so to speak, people are forgetting that life is continuing to happen to people in their own silos. 
and that you never know what people are dealing with or going through. Yeah. And so to 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 have the expectation that I will respond to you the way that you reach out to me, mm-hmm. the audacity. Yeah. I think we just like have to give everybody needs to give other people more grace. Yeah. Like, and especially around the holidays, right? Like holidays are super tough people, tough for people, especially if you've, you know, lost loved ones or you're around your family that really stresses you out or, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to deal with the questions. Why you ain't married? Why you ain't pregnant oh, yet? Lord. Like, yeah, so for, you know, the holidays for people can be really hard. So I think especially, especially around the holidays, we need to have grace for people and year round. Yeah. I want mainstream media, though, to work a little bit harder. On what? On normalizing that the holidays aren't always special. But I guess it wouldn't <laughs> be off of that then. I guess the point. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a cute idea. The, the weird thing is, like, I'm not a holiday person at all, at all. And I don't know exactly why, but I just, like, I don't really get into the Christmas spirit. But for some odd reason this year, which has been, like, a really tough year, I'm like, even though I'm going to spend Christmas by myself by choice, I think I'm going to put up a little Christmas tree. Who oh, am I? I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I all of a sudden got this random desire but yeah. i'm gonna do it yeah maybe it's it's your subconscious i didn't i don't know like trying to bring me a little cheer yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're like girl stop it Get yeah but I, I love the <laughs> fact that you're open enough to allow yourself to feel that feeling and and embrace that shift that you're experiencing like not yeah. shaming yourself to be like i never do this thing so why am i feeling this way because and then just push yeah. it yeah like, I love have you that. seen that have you seen that cardi meme uh or that's weird. That's suspicious. <laughs> that's how I feel. But I'm like, girl, what, what what do you want a tree for? Um, but maybe I'm changing, you know, and exactly giving yourself the space to like just feel what you feel, right? Yeah. But I I also just wanted to talk about I I mean we we did touch it touch on it a little bit, but just the idea that like grief isn't just about death, but it's also about change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I wanted to ask you like what are some other things in your life that don't necessarily have to deal with the death of a loved one or the change in a loved one that you feel that you've had to grieve? That's a really good question. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind for me is forgiveness to self. Mm -hmm. And so I've done a lot of really amazing um, growth work, navigating just life, but all through and being more intentional in relationships. And and my younger self, I always joke and be like, whew, early 20-something, Lisa, she was trash. And, and it's not like to talk about myself. yourself, like <laughs> but I, I use I use it as kind of like a as a baseline for like where I am now. No, I don't know yeah. everything, but I love yeah. myself, and I have to remember that um, it's so important when you're when you are becoming this new version of yourself that you you want to be in a space where you feel like you can love yourself and that you can count on yourself and that you can not create judgment around yourself and so the old version of me in this season of like fully embracing me I've had to like mourn the transition of who that girl was um kind of like we touched on in like the last episode about you know confidence but but giving myself the grace that is required because there are moments where I, I've either encountered people who used to know me or I have an experience and I'm just like, well, last time I did this or this, like even being back in Miami last week was like, I experienced 
um, bumping into people when I was another version of myself. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it kind of threw me off a little bit at first. Cause I was like, Oh, the old me, it was a lot of self-reflection. The old me would have like FOMO and like super down and, in and, and thinking about this and being like, and I'll go to a rabbit hole thinking about what the old me would do. And then I'm just like, you know, gratitude, grace. I'm so thankful for how far I've come and where I'm going, but just being okay with creating the new baseline for me, creating in the new, like, cause we change every few years, but I just think that my twenties was so dramatic. So I guess, so do you feel like you're grieving your old self? Because to me, the way you describe your old self is someone you don't like. Um, I didn't like her. Yeah. I mean, and I think that there's a lot more grace for that and a lot more a release of shame because I feel like it's always Mm -hmm. like, okay, that version of you was doing the best she could with the tools that she had, right? Like, that's just reality. Yeah. Like, she was doing her best. (laughs) Like, we only can do as good as we know. When I look back at my 20-year-old self, yeah, I definitely was doing dumb stuff. I definitely made a lot of horrible decisions and did things I regret. But I also realized that, like, there were a a combination of experiences that got me to that point and Mm -hmm. made me into that person and uh, and led me to make dumb decisions that I was making. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yes. So you you yeah. actually brought you gave me the words that I needed to tie that up. Yes. So letting go of the shame of who okay. I was. Okay. Is what grief and mourning my old self kind of looked like. It was a liberating experience to re- to release that fully. Yeah. See, when I think about yeah. grieving like when I think about the ways that I have grieved my old self, I grieve for my old self. Like I empathize, like when I, you know, was in therapy and going through my grief stuff, um, Mm -hmm. I grieve for my childhood self. I'm so sorry for her. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry for the things that she had to experience. I'm so sorry that her childhood wasn't better. Um, And so I grieve for her. That's an amazing perspective. And like, that is so well put. No, I do understand what you mean. Cause I don't think I've, I don't, I don't think I've done that in that way, Mm -hmm. which sounds super helpful. Yeah, because I think about what you're saying about your 20-year-old self or what what ages you were and all the traumatic experiences you have. Sounds like you need to grieve for that girl because she's been through a lot. Poor thing that she was making them decisions and then she got in those situations. Poor thing. Like, damn, that must have been really hard. Because, you know, like, that's how I think it. That's how I think of it. Wow, Maya, that was amazing. (laughs) Thank you for that. No, seriously. No, that was... A light bulb went off somewhere and that was like, yeah. like I will have moments in my life where I am, you know, I have, I take a, I take a day, like if something triggers me or if something has come up or I've remembered a really traumatic memory that makes me sad, I will spend the day just grieving, just comforting mm-hmm. myself. So I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm going to roll up in my bed. I'm going to comfort that little girl that's actually really sad right now, mm-hmm. you know, as my adult self, because I believe in the idea of reparenting. I don't know mm. if you've ever heard of it, I have, but I believe, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so I believe we can reparent ourselves as adults and like give ourselves now the things that we feel like we didn't receive in childhood, right? So if I'm having a bad day or if I reacted weird or I'm angry at something, I feel like I can comfort myself in those spaces and give myself what I didn't get. And so that that that's my grief when I think about my childhood. Like, dang, girl, I wish it I wish it had been better for you. Because you think about it, we don't choose to yeah. be here. Yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> yeah. Two people decided to get together one night. Evening, afternoon, or morning. There will be moments where I'll get into this space of like, dang, what would my life have been like 
had my childhood been different and then I had to like okay girl you don't have to take yourself to that space mm, yeah <laughs> you're look who you are now you became such a great person like let's not do that to yourself you let's know what just- and speaking to childhood one thing that I've also navigated is like forgiveness comes up for me too mm-hmm. and like release and forgiveness and most of the time the forgiveness that you that you are looking for um from others is actually for you yeah and so like when my mom passed away my grandmother like I said raised me my dad's still alive he just wasn't present or as present and I had to I had to grieve the idea that he was never going to be he he never was present as present as maybe he wanted to be, but I can't fault him now for the things that happened in the past. All I can do is embrace the opportunities that are in front of us. And so forgiving him for like, you weren't there as much as you wanted to be probably. um, Mm -hmm. And I resented you for it for many years. But when I started really doing the internal work that required for me to just be this level of, have this level of peace about myself and you know, establishing a level of self-confidence and love. I had to forgive that part in my experience with my parents, Mm -hmm. you know, because again, they're doing the best they could with what they had. He may not have had the tools and I had to understand he may not have had had the tools to just rise to the occasion that all people think the parents, mothers, dads, whatever these figures are, they're supposed to be this thing and everyone has this model, but not everyone has it. And so you can't fault yourself but for those experiences. Do you, do you feel like you have grieved for that little girl that just wanted her dad around though? Yeah. Okay. So so in that forgiveness process, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did that. Okay. And Got I'm it. so happy I did because yeah. anytime um, he comes up or we have a conversation and we don't talk as often, as often as, you know, what does often look like this? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to try to make it relatable. It's like, no, often is as often as you want it to be. And so when when that, I had to do that work before the forgiveness happened. Yeah. It was a part of that. For for me, forgiveness feels like a continual process. Like there wasn't one day where I woke up and I was like, I forgive you, mom and dad. Well, yeah, no, (laughs) it's a journey. I know. I'm just, for me, for me, it's going to be a lifelong journey though. It's not like Mm. one day I came to a place of forgiveness. It's like, there's always going to be memories that come up and I'm going to have to deal with them as they come up. Right. And I have to say, okay, my Mm -hmm. mom did this thing. This memory came up today. Let me forgive her for that now, right? Because I could say Mm -hmm. I forgive her, but reality is like there's always going to be things that come up. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've always had a problem with the idea of like, okay, I'm forgiving and I'm moving on. That just doesn't feel realistic for me. No. You know what I'm saying? I understand what you mean. I've always really struggled with that. I'm like... First of all, and this might be controversial, I don't think anyone is owed forgiveness. And the idea that, and this is nothing to do with anything you said. This is just mm-hmm. like a sidebar got you, that, got I, that I constantly think about forgiveness. Like, I don't think anyone's owed forgiveness. And I also think it can be toxic for a lot of people to be forced into forgiveness and for to tell people that the only way to be free and to grow is to forgive. Like, for a lot of people... They've suffered, not necessarily me, but I'm just saying people in general have suffered horrific mm-hmm. <laughs> abuse, right? Like things that we couldn't even imagine. Right. Um, and to say that the only way for those people to move forward is to forgive, I think, can be a little bit toxic. Yeah, because yeah. like you said, those experiences that albeit the most extreme or the most traumatic to that person, yeah. you yeah. can't expect that of them. Um, yeah, and that be the path that 
only get that's the only path that they can take to, to get healing. to the other side. Yeah. And and healing is the cycle too. And so yeah. I think that But I struggle with forgiveness, so I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, I mean and it and it could be through your experiences, your life experiences. And and yeah. and look, a lot of us are brainwashed into thinking, like you said, you have to forgive this person in order to move on. For yeah. me, I knew that that was an important part for me to like to deal yeah. with that space, to be like, I hold no ill will in my heart towards you, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, just understand that because I don't call you all the time, that doesn't say that I don't think about you because it Mm -hmm. goes back to the whole thing where, you know, do I have the capacity to open up to that space? But I do think it does get a little harder when you, when you force someone the idea that forgiveness is required in order to move forward, Mm -hmm. let's just say the other part, the person on the other side of that does not have the emotional intelligence to a receive or understand that I'm on a different trajectory and so I'm moving mm-hmm. forward. That doesn't mean that I'm forgetting what happened. That just means yeah. I'm choosing to move forward. I don't want to be stagnant. I want to yeah. move towards growth. And so yeah. the toxic thing about it, when that other person is not has not um, dealt with what they did themselves, mm-hmm. doesn't receive what I'm saying as an apology. It hasn't mm-hmm. resolved it within themselves. Oh, yeah. I struggle with that a and lot I've, with this yeah. very specific person. And I have <laughs> somebody on the mind, too. Life. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't repeat. You're not even sorry. My thing is you are, but you want me to be the person to continue this cycle of, we just did this last week. And so if you bring it up how you treated me every time we talk. Oh, that's crazy. No, my person mm. uh, will not accept the reality of uh, the wrongs. Mm. And so, so there can't be forgiveness for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no, <laughs> and I think I'm a little colder. You're not gonna get my forgiveness without being sorry. And you know, then they'll tell you forgiveness is for you, <laughs> the age old <laughs> ideal. But no, you're not. You know, you need to be sorry if you want to have any semblance of a relationship with me. Yeah. We're not just going to keep it pushing. I forgive Mm -mm. you. No, because you're liable to do the same thing again. If things have not proven to me as we move forward on this journey that this is a lived and learned experience, obviously grace is there. But if there is there is no sincerity. Yeah. No awareness that you even believe that you was wrong. But I think that's tough when it's immediate family. Right. It is tough, but it's only as tough yeah. as I, it's friends. You'd be like, okay, bye, whatever. Like, deuces to you, honey. Boyfriends, <laughs> deuce. See you in the next life, Met you know. But me. when it's immediate family, immediate family, you know, I feel like immediate family teaches us all our life lessons. All our tough life lessons come from immediate family. Because can't nobody work your nerves like your immediate family. Just yeah, I've dealt with that recently too. It's like I don't have the capacity to even do the reach out. Mm. Because yeah, I'm, because you know what I'm dealing with on a day to day basis with my life. Yeah, and so you're choosing to be spiteful. I think what's positive is that I've really built a um, a family of my own. Like I have such a tribe that loves me and cares about friend. me. And, yeah, and that became such a even. <laughs> that became such an even. I need to see this girl right now. <laughs> um, that became even more apparent during this time. 
Mm-hmm. Just over the summer after everything happened and then more recently, just people checking in on me. Uh, you know, you don't realize sometimes how loved you are and how supported you are until, you know, stuff hits the fan. So mm-hmm. I'm incredibly uh, appreciative for the village of love and kindness and support that I have in my life. Um, I think there was definitely one point in my life where I was so freaking depressed, you know, like before I ever went to therapy. Mm-hmm. because I just didn't feel like I had a home base I didn't like when I think about home like where was where do I call home that was something mm-hmm. that felt very lonely and very alienating and the holidays were incredibly hard so maybe that's why I'm putting up the tree this year because I've really created my own home base mm. wow look at, look, at, look, look at the spirit <laughs> come on child God did <laughs> God, dude. Um, one more part of grief that I wanted to touch on is relational grief. Um, Oh, yeah, grieving what could have been, I guess, friendships too. But definitely, I feel like when sometimes when you break, I feel like sometimes when you break up with somebody that you were in love with, it feels like somebody died because because they did from your life. I went through a severe grief. I went through a severe grieving earlier this year because of a relationship. Same. And I don't forget psychologists. <laughs> I don't I don't care enough about that person anymore. I don't think about you. That's my version of forgiveness. Okay. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You're not a thought in my mind. <sighs> and I've moved forward and God bless you. And that's beautiful. I think our, our <laughs> I mean, earlier this year, I don't think I've ever really talked about this like that, like that. Um, People around me know. I think you know where I'm going with this. I had a relational experience. It wasn't a relationship. We were really close. We were dating. And around this time last year, I think we had ceased. I think, you know, when you reach a point in a talking stage or you're building, you're just, you reach a, a point where it's like you go left, where y'all decide to, you know, move forward and create the foundation for a relationship where you go right, where you yeah. know, y'all are yeah, in this. We're going to do this for real. Right, for right, right. Now. Right. Yeah. And so um, life, life was life in at the time. And so we decided to part ways, but amicably, there was nothing wrong. It was just our life was just, we were both doing a lot of different things and things just weren't commingling very well. Um, and so at the top of this year, a lot of traumatic stuff happened. And so I had already kind of like, And I was so proud of myself. I took myself out of the situation before I got myself too deep. So I think I felt, I I understood, I had never, I can never say I've never loved anybody. Like that was a man other than like some family members or really good friends of mine. But I think I really loved that man, to be honest with you. Um, He and I are not together. I have not seen him since last year. And so there are some things that have gone on in his life where he may not be out here in these streets no more. And so his life circumstances preceded him. And so I had to mourn the idea that I may never see this person again. And and at the root of it, we became really good friends. And so it's not all, it wasn't all a romantic relationship, but it was like, I got love for him mm-hmm. and my heart's there. Um, and my heart hurts for him. Over these last few months while navigating, re-entering dating after I've dealt with that experience, because it was traumatic, mm-hmm. very traumatic, going months without knowing what was going on and just all of the things. And so when you brought that up, I was like, am I ready to talk about this? But I, I'm in a space where I feel better about it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I had to, I, I had so much gratitude in the morning process 
because when I hadn't talked to him because I decided to like, I feel like if I continue to, to, you know, interact with you that I'm going to catch feelings past no return. And so let Mm -hmm. me guard my heart and be okay with where I am. And during that time, I'm just like, what if like, he seemed like this person that I might really take seriously and date and like, you know, meet my family and all of these other things. Yeah. And it felt yeah. so real in that time. And so like that girl. Yeah. And then I had to hit it hit again when, you know, I found out that I may not, you know, see him ever again. And 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 so that I had to mourn it twice. Yeah. Yeah. See that's that's what happens when you when you purr on amicable terms. My the idea that I don't ever have to see you again sounds great. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. But it's a real thing. Um, and to know that I had to recognize how much growth that happened and, and how much I had to be in tune with self to A, make the choice to walk away from it and honor his decision at the time. Come to find out he made that choice because he knew he was not in a position to make things happen. And so I respect him so much for that. Like yeah. a man who is self-aware enough to know, I'm not here to lead you on. I'm not here to create space for you when I know I don't even have the capacity to create that space. It, it made me respect him so much, but also it validated how I felt about walking away. Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely the right choice. Yeah. That's that's been proven. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, that doesn't make the grief any less real. I think like sometimes yeah. like sometimes it hurts the most to do the things that you know are right for you. Some of the best decisions for you are the hardest decisions, and that's just like a thing. And it could be life or death. It could be it could be all these different extremes. And so yeah. those moments I'm like women have intuition for a reason. Um Yeah. Me, I believe in the Holy Spirit, a thousand percent. And so when you get those feelings and that comes over you and overtakes you and you lean into it and you feel peace about it, let it go. I love, and I don't know, this is the same way, but I literally love the feeling of not being hurt or heartbroken or worried about a man Mm. (laughs) like it's so peaceful for me like I'm so that's one area in my life where I feel so incredibly peaceful like Mm -hmm. yeah I had a really hard time earlier this year when all that stuff happened was not a good experience yeah Um, I was highly hurt it took me a couple of months to get over it and those were not good months Um, but I feel so free and at peace now I'm like I ain't worried about nobody's son right? I was worried about my friends and getting through this season, right? Like that to me is a blessing. I guess that's a different type of grief, right? Like that's a grief you just, you move on. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I don't know if you move on from death grief in the same way. No. Yeah, I agree. I think that's yeah. two different things. It's two different things, yeah. but they're two important things. Um, yeah. They're both types well. of grief. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see how the body processes and the mind processes it differently. And I think, it, I think you know, taking care of your body during grief is incredibly important too, you know. I've been doing like yoga and making sure I'm eating right just so I make sure I'm like supporting my body in that way, right? Because mm-hmm. grief is just like trauma is held in the body. Grief is also held in the body. So, I'll tell you something. Yeah. I'll tell you something. Self-care saved me. Creating yeah. space for myself saved me from having thoughts of acquiring an addictive personality. Now, I do not have an addictive personality, but the devil was creaking in. He was like, hey, hey, you can drink this whole bottle of wine if you want to. You know, forget about it for a little bit. And I and I knew that that wasn't going to be a healthy space. It was not. I was going to wake up and be either hungover or lethargic and then feel terrible about not attacking the day. And like working out and having that regimen, like people say it 
But until you deal with it and then do the thing, whatever that looks like for you from a movement standpoint, from a body, you know, standpoint, rejuvenation, yeah. it yeah. is because Maya, you inspire me all the time. Oh, you're sweet. You like, girl, I'm about to hit this gym. I'm like, girl, this you said, yeah, I gotta hit it. And and it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me until I dealt with it. And then I I really got committed about being more consistent about moving my body around. Then I was like, That's so important. I feel so much better. I don't feel as heavy. And even when you don't. And even when you don't. Like yes. it's like at least I got up and moved today. Like I made it a don't get me wrong. I've been sipping on the vino. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> You know, I don't drink like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so my my plan is top of the year, I'm going back to my uh, non-drinking uh, life. But honestly, it's been a hard season and I'm giving myself some, some grace. Some grace. It ain't, it, it ain't that deep. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I don't know. That's what's helping me navigate right now. The gym, talking to my friends, resting a lot, sleeping. Yeah. Just sleep in my bed in the dark. You feel me? Um, what would you say helped you through some of those seasons as we close out? I've been releasing the day. So um, I'm experiencing burnout right now. So there's that's a whole nother thing for a whole nother story. But I have al- allowed myself the space to honor the place where if I'm not feeling it, especially when I've done the thing, if I space out, if I'm not, I don't hold myself to the same standards I did at the top of the year. Yeah. Um, how can you? How can you? How? And so... I, I don't, I, I no longer hold on to, I'm in release mode. And so if this task ain't getting done for work, life, life today, you did a lot, Alisa, your mind was yeah. taxed, you know, you got to think about what feels right to you and in your body. Um, and so yeah. I just released that thing. I'd be like, I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. Is somebody going to die if this yeah. don't get done? No. Um, if there's a deadline and whatever, it, it will be addressed, but I'm not going to sh- I'm not going to allow other people's stressors to influence how I feel about the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I used to absorb, I'm an empath, absorb all of that. And I would take their hectic to be like, hold on, wait, Mm -mm. priorities. Does this need to get done tomorrow? No. Next week. Great. That's in boundaries. Actually, can't do I'm out, you know, Uh -uh. we're going to be okay. We'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, releasing, um, being more intentional about how I spend my time with my friends. And so yeah. that community that you talked about. Friendship. So yo, hard. ten toes down, ten toes deep. Yeah. And and adult like, relationships I, are big. Like that's it's cool. huge. It's huge. When you find some it's folks, really, really huge. When you find, find some you, folks, it's such a blessing. I'm so I'm so thankful. I really top really tier. Uh, well thank you guys for joining us on another episode of talk about it sis um and we will see you in the next episode